Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. We're going to talk about redemption this morning. Redemption. Our text is going to be out of the Bible from Job 19.25. Job 19.25. Job was a man who went through a lot of trials and tribulations, lost his whole family, lost all of his children, his in-laws, grandchildren, all of his flocks, his entire, I guess you could say his business was farm, was, was the flocks, being a shepherd, sheep herder, or cattle herder, whatever he had. He lost it all. He ended up sitting in a dusty street and it had sores so bad on him from disease, from the devil being allowed to test him and try him that it was itched so much that he was putting dust on his on himself and on his sores because they itched so bad. Job went through about everything that you could go through. But in 1925, while he was being accused from his friends who sat around, boy, they was really giving him some bad advice. And isn't that what happens whenever we go through trials and tribulations? We get a lot of bad advice. Job's answer and reply said, Yet as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, He will take His stand on the earth. As for me, I know my Redeemer lives. We as Christians will say that, but the outside world does not understand that. See, the thing about it is, sins build a wall that separates mankind from God. That barrier must be torn down before we can have a relationship with Him. But how can we remove this barrier? Well, we can't. Only Jesus can. We must, must we all be redeemed? Yeah. Clearly the answer is yes, we must be redeemed. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, says Romans. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, also says Romans. In other words, we deserve eternal death. Because of that sin, we're blocked from the presence of God because of that wall of sin. And we've made that wall ourselves through sin. Unfit to receive the gift of eternal life. A lot of people won't tell you that. They say, oh, that's not fair. Since we were born into sin. Well, God knew exactly what was going to happen. There is not one of us who have not sinned. And if we say we have, God says, you're a liar. We all have sinned. I'm sorry, even the child has sinned. 
A child learns very easily to tell a fib. Did you eat that cookie? Oh, no, I didn't touch that. While the chocolate stains are around his lips. Did you break that? Oh, no, I didn't break that. But there's nobody else in the house in the room but you. But I didn't break it. Somebody else did. A child learns to be deceitful. We do our best to try to try to keep them from being that way, but sometimes it's sin is sin. So how then can our problem be alleviated? And it is a problem. It is a deadly problem. So that we can enter a relationship with God and His children. See, there's going to be a whole lot of people in heaven. A whole lot of people God proclaims as His children. And we have to be redeemed to be able to join in that family. But first first things first, like I tell you all many times, you must know why you need a Savior. You also must know what redemption is. Folks, we need to know what redemption is because the world can sit there and say a whole lot of stuff. They make whole movies about redemption, not knowing the true nature and the true definition of redemption. So, what and who is our Redeemer? Well, what is a Redeemer? The Century Dictionary Encyclopedia says a Redeemer is one who redeems and ransoms or atones for another. A Redeemer specifically the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. It's somebody who ransoms, redeems, or atones for another. Who was that in our case? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He is a Redeemer. Proverbs 23 and 11 says, For their Redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with thee. Remember I've told you Jesus Sometimes you can look at Jesus, he's always an intercessor, but he's also, if you look at it as a court of law, he's your defense attorney. You're being accused by the prosecutor, which is Satan. God the Father is sitting on the throne. But Jesus says, when, when Satan accuses you of this and your sin and that of your sin, Jesus says, Father, he belongs to me. I've shed my blood for him. He's been washed clean. And that sin at that time is as far as the east is from the west. God does not even see it. So there is nothing the devil can accuse you of. And guess what? You're pardoned. You're pardoned. Found not guilty. Psalms 111.9 says... He sent redemption unto His people. He hath commanded His covenant forever, holy and reverend is His name. He sent you redemption by His Son, Jesus Christ. What you have to do is accept it. You have to believe it and accept it. And you too can be redeemed. Zacharias had a prophecy talking about Jesus. And Luke 1, 68 said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people. Jesus is real, folks. Jesus came. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, freeing, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. There's times like Lisa's going through, the family's going through, your family has gone through, everybody here has gone through death, Family members passing, that's just life. 
That's what happened. But every time, Jesus says, I will help thee. I'll hold your hand. You don't have to fear. Fear not. I'm here with you. Because I am your Redeemer. Now Isaiah 41.14 says, Fear not for thou worm, O Jacob. It's called Jacob a worm, didn't he? And ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He's going to help you. That's what a Redeemer does. He helps you get out of that mire, out of that mess, out of all the things that will hold you down. Jeremiah 50, 34 says, Their Redeemer is strong. The Lord of hosts is His name. He flat tells you right there who it is. He shall thoroughly plead their cause that He may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. Jesus is going to plead your cause. Jesus is your Redeemer. He's also your advocate. And He's going to speak up for you. He does it on the day of judgment. He does it right now. He does it when Satan tries to pull you away and tries to put you through the fire like he did Job. So we said, we explained what a Redeemer is. Somebody atones for you. So what is redemption? Well, once again, we need to turn to a dictionary. It'd be easier. Oxford Dictionary says it's the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. You have a debt that you owe God. You have a sin debt that God is going to demand payment and judgment on. The thing about God is He loved you so much that He said, you're not going to be able to bear it. You're going to have to go to eternal punishment. So I'm going to have to give the ones I love a way out of this. And so He said, Jesus, my son, will you go to earth? And will you become that sacrifice that will help clear those that I love? And Jesus said, yes. He took it on. He took on the sins of the world. See, God's the author of this redemption. Psalm 31.5 says, And to thy hand I commit my spirit, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Now you hear a lot of people saying that when they've passed away, especially in the Bible when they're passing away. I say it right now. I've said it while I'm alive. And to thy hand, Lord, I commit my spirit. Because I have to belong to Him. If I'm to benefit and reap the rewards from accepting His Son as Lord and Savior, He says there's rewards, there's crowns, there's crowns of life, there's other crowns. Then I have to be able to lessen myself and put Christ first. I have to make myself nothing and empty myself out and let Christ be first. When I stand up here, I have to empty myself out. A lot of people don't understand that either, but you have to empty yourself out. It's too easy to bring in your own personal ideas. It's too easy to bring in your own personal biases. It's too easy to get up here and talk about things you dislike or things you like and not talk about exactly what Jesus is talking about. I heard a preacher talking this morning said that he's had to change the way he does his sermons because he felt the Lord was telling him that he's not satisfied with his sermons even though he's been preaching for decades because 
He's putting more of himself in there than Jesus. He's putting his ideas in there, not Jesus's. And I agree, that happens. That can happen very easily. But my job is not to give you my ideas. My, my anointing is not to say, well, this is what Terry likes and Terry doesn't like. My anointing is to tell you what Jesus likes and Jesus doesn't like. My anointing is to teach you the Word of God. And I'm starting to use, start, you're starting to see more and more, at least right now, because I go through phases, that I'm really hitting you with a lot of Bible verses, because guess what? That's what matters. That's what Jesus and God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, speaking through the Bible verses. And that way you'll learn more and more and more about what it's all about. The action of being saved from error, sin, or evil. That's redemption. God is the author of redemption. I told you about Zacharias' prophecy. Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. What is that day? That day is when you go before the Lord and you see, you reap the redemption that you've been preached to, preached about, and hoped for. Third point, who is our Redeemer? So who is our Redeemer? We've talked about redemption, talked about what God said, what a Redeemer is. So who is our Redemption? Well, our Redemption is through Christ Jesus. That's the only person that comes through. It doesn't come through a politician. It does not come through a doctor. It does not come through a, a guru. It doesn't come through a preacher. It comes through Jesus Christ. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. Justified. What does justified mean? Justified means just as if you have not sinned. Just as if you have not sinned. That's what the blood of Christ does for you. It washes you so clean, it's just like you've never sinned. So that you can come before a holy father. So that you can come before the throne of a king. Because you're free of sin. You cannot go before God with sin in your life. Before you get down and pray, this is what I do. It's only a suggestion. But what I do is I ask God to show me anything that I might have displeased Him at. Show me sin that I have done. Sin in my life that may have creeped in. And remember, folks, sin does not have to mean that you're out here doing really bad, bad stuff. Sin is just disobedience. What does Jesus say that you're supposed to do or not do and you've kind of gone the other way? It could be an ugly word to somebody. It could be losing your temper, which I do have a problem with at times. It could be losing your temper. It could be uh, maybe judging somebody uh, wrongly when you, you kind of do the same thing. Something that you would think would be not be that bad is sin to God. So before you pray... At least I do. I get down and ask the Lord to show me any sin that I might have in my life. Because I know I can't come before a holy God with sin in my life. And whatever He brings to mind, pray. Whatever He shows you, pray for forgiveness. And repent of it. And then go on and do your prayer. Because then the doors of the, the, the floor of heaven is open for you. Who is our Redeemer? Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made into His wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It's got to be Christ. It can't be anybody else. 
It has to be Christ. God set it up that way. As Doc said this morning, the, the, the greatest explanation you could ever give is if, when somebody says, well, it could be Jesus or it could be other ways, is then why would God do this? Why would Jesus put himself through the pain, bring himself down into the image of his creation and come down and go through the pain, the suffering as a human, be, be put up on a cross, have to go through the pain of dying on a cross, then resurrecting himself, and then walking again with the disciples. Why would Jesus do all that if it's him plus many other ways? It makes no sense. It's not logical. But the devil will try to throw things in there, just like he did Lot, try to keep you from your Lord. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption through the blood of Christ. It's the whole point. That's the whole point of me standing up here. It's the whole point of Christ dying on the cross. It's the whole point of Christ ascending. It's the whole point of teaching you about the blood and about salvation. It's to, to know that Jesus Christ is the only one and it's through Him that, that you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That you are justified and you take on Christ's righteousness to be able to come before a Father in heaven. It can't be any other way. Hebrews 19.12 says, Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by His own blood He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. As you remember, the, the Jews and the Hebrews, they would sacrifice doves and lambs and calves and cattle and goats to sprinkle the blood on the altar. Because in God's infinite wisdom, He chose that blood had to be the atonement for sin. But he says, you don't have to do that anymore. It's not by the blood of animals or sacrifices. It's by the blood of the holy sacrifice and the holy lamb, Jesus Christ. And once it's done, it's done. It's over with. There's nothing else you can do to sacrifice and be redeemed except except that shed blood of Jesus. Last verse. Revelation 5.9 says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's in heaven, folks. That's what they're saying in heaven. They're singing a new song, saying thou art worthy, telling Jesus you art worthy to open the seals, because you were slain, and you have redeemed us. That's what the saints before us that went before us are saying. That's what Andy is saying in heaven. That's what Prince is saying in heaven. That's what your dad's saying in heaven. You are worthy, Lamb, to open this seals because you've redeemed us. You were slain for us. And you redeemed us to God, that Father. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is forever. That song. Gonna be in our tongues when we get there. So I got a conclusion here. God will grant redemption only to those who sincerely repent. See, that's why repentance is our starting point for receiving redemption. We must repent of our sins. Jesus cannot forgive something that we won't repent of. Jesus will not forgive something that we won't repent of. And if we won't repent it, then we can't establish 
a lasting relationship with our Creator, it's impossible because we still have sin in our lives. Those who genuinely repent of habitually practicing sin will be forgiven, folks, and become the redeemed servants of God. Isn't that what we want? As Christians, we want to know for sure that we're saved and that we're going to be with the Lord in heaven, be with Jesus, be with God the Father, be up there just just enjoying life, running through the streets, no more sickness, no more pain, no more ills, no more old age, just glorified bodies with Jesus Christ forever. But you've got to be redeemed first. And how can you be redeemed if you don't know? How can, you, how can you learn if you don't have a teacher? How can you be saved if nobody's preaching to you about what it takes? See, there's too many light sermons out there giving today. There's too many people out there just telling you, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy. Giving just feel-good sermons, telling you God wants you rich, God wants you well, God wants to bless you all the time, and they're not telling you what the important stuff is. Being redeemed, being saved, being declared righteous, being justified. Having Jesus shed his blood for you and giving you those white robes. See, that's what's important. Money means nothing. Money fades away. Everything will rust. But your salvation is forever. Your salvation is forever. I said, this is more of a teaching thing today. Because I really want to start here. I want to hit this salvation thing pretty hard and heavy for maybe about a month of Sundays. Because we've got a lot of work ahead of us, my friends. We've got to build our church back. We've let Satan play, play lot with us. And using diseases and pandemics and using other things to bring down his church. But his church is forever. Satan can't bring it down. He can try to drag some out. But the church will not die. It's not going to end. So we got a lot of work to do, a lot to look forward to. We got to, I just want everybody to understand because people will be coming in, they'll be saying, hey, what is that preacher talking about? And they talk to you instead of me. That happens a lot of times. And I also want you to know what you're working towards too. You're not just working for a building for you to come to on, on a Sunday. And I want you to understand that you're working towards building something for the Lord that the Lord will use to bring others into the fold. You know, we're few in the pews today, but boy, if these pews got full, and we start having some people that give their lives to the Lord and we start baptizing, you know, it's all for Christ's work. But I'm going back to the basics for a little bit. And when we get there, you'll be ready. When we get there, you'll be prepared. All hearts and minds settled today. Let's all stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine down upon you. May He give you peace, rest, understanding and a boldness to go out and proclaim Christ as your Savior and the Savior of the world. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1c 
chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. God bless.